This evening's reading is taken from John's Gospel, chapter 6. Um, it's on page 1070 in the Church Bibles. John 6, beginning at verse 25. Jesus, the bread of life. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, um, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father, has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the work God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign will you then give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it's written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. This is the word of the Lord. Brilliant. Thank you, Olaf. And thanks, David, for, uh, mention, uh, for praying and for mentioning that this time of year is a time for lots of new beginnings, including the beginning of our new series, God's Gifted People. We're going to be talking about the gifts that God gives us to serve. God's gifted people gifted differently, knowing your gifts, growing your gifts. Tonight, though, it's a little bit different. As you heard Olaf read, you might have thought, well, there isn't much here about the gifts God gives us. Actually, there doesn't seem to be anything at all about gifts. But I think we'll see this passage is actually a great place for us to begin um, thinking about gifts over the next few weeks. 
So come with me to John's words, uh, Jesus' words rather, in John chapter six on page 1070, if you'd have your Bible open. Uh, Olaf read a few verses. We're gonna focus in on verses 35 to 40, where Jesus kicks off with this amazing claim. Verse 35, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. To a whole crowd of people, Jesus says, I am the life-giving bread. In other words, Jesus says, I am this. Doesn't really get across the force of Jesus' claim, does it? A loaf of bread from the shop. And that's right. Because this bread only lasts for a little while and only gives life for a little while, but Jesus, the life he gives is eternal life, lasts forever, even beyond death. Jesus says, I'm that kind of bread. Thing is though, bread only gives you life if you eat it. Uh, picture a starving man who is surrounded by loaves of bread like that one. Now that bread could give him life, but only if he eats it. If he keeps the bread at arm's length, it won't do him any good at all. And for us, it's the same with Jesus. If we keep the bread of life at arm's length, he'll do us no good at all. We have to eat him, as it were, feed on him. And so hear this invitation from Jesus. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Come to me, believe in me, and you'll have life. That's what it looks like to eat Jesus. Now just to be clear, those two things, come to me, believe in me, don't think of those as two different things. They're just different ways of talking about the same thing. Coming to Jesus is believing in him. Believing in Jesus is coming to him. And that's what Jesus invites every one of us to do. It's a genuine invitation. Come to me and have life. Here's the big surprise. The people who hear Jesus' invitation reject it. Like Jesus says there in verse 36, he tells the crowd, but as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. Now I get that mightn't surprise us very much, people not believing in Jesus. I mean, we live in a culture where it's the norm not to be a Christian. But here's the surprise, these people saw Jesus with their eyes and heard his teaching with their ears and even saw him doing miracles and yet with every reason to come to him, they didn't. And it raises the question, why does anyone come to Jesus? If people like this, who saw Jesus for themselves and heard his invitation, rejected it, then why does anyone come to Jesus? Well. Jesus gives us an answer. Why does anyone come to him? Here's what he says. We come because the Father gives us 
to the Son. See, this crowd rejected Jesus' invitation, but, says Jesus, verse 37, all those the Father gives me will come to me. Though many reject Jesus, like the crowd back then, like most people today, all those the Father gives Jesus will come to him. In other words, why does anyone come to Jesus? Because the Father gifts us to him. Now, I'm sure sometime you've been out walking by the cam or you've gone to the seaside and you peer into the water to see what you can see, maybe a fish, something like that, and you can see a little bit. But the deeper you look, the harder it is to see anything. And eventually, you can't see a thing, just the murky depths. Our vision isn't strong enough to see into the deep. I mean, that's what it's like with the sea. With the cam, it might just be that it's filthy, and you don't want to see what's down there. But with the sea, our vision isn't strong enough to see into the depths. And it's a bit like that here. With Jesus' words, we are looking into the deep things of God. And the deeper we go, the more our vision fails us. The one God who is Father, Son, and Spirit. We can't see how that works. It's a mystery. And down in the depths of God is this reason why people come to Jesus. They come to him in space and time because in eternity, God the Father gives them to his Son. And we only know that because God the Son tells us so. Now, a couple of things to note from his words. Notice Jesus doesn't say, all those who come to me, the Father will give me. As if coming to Jesus causes us to be given to him. As if we make the decisive move in coming to Jesus. Easy to think like that. But it's the other way around, isn't it? In what Jesus says. Jesus says when someone comes to him, it's God who made the decisive move. The Father has gifted them to the Son. And that's why they come to him, not the other way around. And here's another thing to notice. There's no uncertainty in what Jesus says. He doesn't say, some of those the Father gives me might come to me, as if the Father gives someone to Jesus, and that makes it possible for them to come to him, but they might, or they might not. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. Again, easy to think like that, as if we make the decisive move in coming to Jesus. But Jesus says, all those the Father gives me will come to me as surely as night follows day. God's gifting us to Jesus doesn't mean we might come to him. It means that nothing in the whole universe can prevent it happening. Now I realize as I'm saying this that um, this stuff raises big questions. Not least, what about those the Father hasn't given to Jesus? Not just the crowd back then, but the people that we know and love. Well, there's lots we could say. None of it should stop us from caring and feeling sad for those we love. 
But maybe one thing is that left to ourselves, none of us would come to Jesus. That's the human condition. We have no appetite for the bread of life. We'd all reject his invitation. And it's only because God graciously gifts people to his son that anyone comes to him. Unbelief breaks our hearts, but the only hope for us, for anyone, is in Jesus' words, all those the Father gives me will come to me. Tonight, I guess, most of us are Christian believers, and if someone asked us, why are you a Christian? Well, we could answer that question in lots of ways. Probably we'd tell them the story of how we came to faith, and it'd be great to, to hear each other's stories. But underneath all that, if you're a Christian tonight, here's why. We come because the Father gifts us to the Son. Because in the depths of God's being, we were given to belong to Jesus. How does that make you feel? Maybe it humbles you to think, I didn't make the decisive move in coming to Jesus, God did. How humbling, what a reason to give thanks. Maybe it makes you ask, why me? Of all people, why me? Giving me to Jesus, it's like gifting someone a smelly old shoe. What kind of gift am I? And the Bible would agree that we are deeply flawed, more than we know. We're not fit to be gifts to Jesus. And yet, and yet, if you're a Christian believer, that's who you are. The Father has gifted you to his Son. Here's how we should think of ourselves. We are love gifts from Father to Son. Jesus says this earlier in John, up on the screens. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. I wonder, what would you give someone to show you love them? Well, the Father loves his Son. Love lies behind all of his gifts, and that includes you. Isn't that amazing? Sinful and messed up as we are, somehow we are an expression of the Father's love to the Son. I can't get my head around that. And that's why we're starting our series here. We're gonna talk a lot about the gifts God gives us to serve, but our identity, our worth, doesn't rest on those. It rests on this. Before we are gifted to serve, we are gifted to Jesus. Before God gives us gifts, he gifts us to his son. We belong to him. That's where we get our identity not from using our gifts, or from how we feel, or how we perform, but from within the depths of God, we are a love gift from father to son. Well, why does anyone come to Jesus? We come because the father gifts us to the son. And here's the final thing. The son keeps his gifts. The son keeps his gifts. See that second half of verse 37? All those the father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. We'll look on to verse 39. 
this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall not lose, that I shall lose none of all he has given me. What comforting words. Can you trace it through? The Father gifts us to the Son. We come to the Son. And the Son keeps us secure. Uh, we mentioned earlier smelly old shoes. What if you can imagine this scenario, uh, a family moving house, and the movers are uh, moving their possessions, and they come across a collection of, would you know, smelly old shoes. And to these movers, these things don't mean anything. They'd quite happily throw them away until the son steps in and says, no, these old shoes are precious to me, everyone. I'm going to keep them. They're coming with me. I don't want you to throw away a single shoe. That's well, a silly illustration. But Jesus will keep his gifts. Others might throw us away. Indeed, Jesus uses the very same word later in John to warn that if we belong to him, others might drive us away. But he won't. Jesus will keep his gifts. And don't be unsettled by Jesus talking in terms of doing his Father's will. Um, he's not saying that I'm going to keep Christians against my will, but my Father has twisted my arm into doing it. No, Jesus and the Father, they never want different things. They're completely in sync with one another. And just as the Father loves us, so does the Son. Loves us so much he was willing to put himself in harm's way at the cross. And Jesus wants us to know he'll keep us through everything we can imagine, even death. See that at the end of verse 39, verse 40. Maybe you can see the movement in these verses. That the sun comes down to raise us up. He'll keep us, soul and body and restore us to be all that we should be. And in his keeping, we'll still face the suffering of life. We'll have to fight sin each day, but we'll get to the end, and on the other side of the grave, we'll be able to say, Jesus kept me. Um, someone shared with me this week a uh, talk show where the host asks their guests uh, many questions to, uh, to suss them out. And one of the questions is, how would you sum up the rest of your life in five words? I wonder how you do that. Well, the Christian believer can sum up their life in these five words, held secure by the Son. That's what we can say. We come because the Father gifts us to the Son, and the Son keeps his gifts. And if tonight you're not a Christian believer, then um, I just wonder if this kind of passage, well, it could kind of send us, down, send us down the wrong trail. It could leave us wondering, am I given? You know, have I been given in eternity to belong to the Son? And I think Jesus would say, don't worry about that. Because everyone who's been given to me comes to me in faith. And I give them life. That's a genuine invitation to every one of us. And anyone who comes to him, 
he'll never drive away. So if you haven't yet believed in Jesus and you find in yourself an appetite stirring for this bread, then come to him. Come to him right now and you'll have life. Well, let's reflect for a bit and then I'll pray. Father, unworthy as we are, we can barely conceive of the truth that you would gift us to your Son and enable us to come to him and have life. Please help us to know that that's who we are as we follow Jesus and as we think about gifts over the next bit of term. And Father, please help us to know the security that is ours in Jesus, that just as you've given us to him, he will keep his gifts, and we thank you so much for that. Amen.